Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Cool for lots of things. Um, education, certainly. Um, but also awareness, Um it, it stimulates their ability to communicate. Um, it, it's that we, we even make theatre for babies. Um, I don't know whether there are people making theatre for babies in Singapore yet, but certainly over here, um, very, shows for very, very young children um, because they're so porous and so receptive to those kind of experiences. Melting Pot, a global podcast series hosted by Pio, connects guests who have inspiring stories and reaches out to a multicultural audience over 52 countries. Guests are diverse, such as celebrities, entrepreneurs, travelers, and many more who've had a turning point in their lives and moved over to a holistic lifestyle. Follow us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, social media. Hi, everyone. Today, I am in conversation with Kate Gullich. Kate um, has woken up really, really early to have this conversation with me. (laughs) A very quick introduction. Kate is a UK-based theater director. She specializes in new musicals and making work with and for young people. And she's also an associate artist of the Singapore Repertory Theatre. Thank you so much for joining me. You're this morning, <laughs> Kate. Thank you for having me. I guess it's nearly bedtime for you. Um, well, not quite, <laughs> but <laughs> getting there, yes. Um, so, um, you know, just um, like just before we, you know, dive deep into theater and things like that. Um, I just wanted to let the audience know that um, before we started the interview, we were talking about your love for Singapore. And, um, you know, so so I wonder how that came about and how you got involved with SRT. Mm. Yeah, I I met, Gaurav Kripalani, who is the artistic director of SRT back in 2012. We were introduced by a mutual friend of ours who um, is a writer and director who had created a lot of work for the little company, which is the part of SRT that makes children's theatre. And um, he knew that Gaurav was looking for a director and he hooked us up and we hit it off immediately. Um, And I came out back in 2012 to do a production of Fantastic Mr. Fox um, and fell in love with the country and with the people and with the team at the theatre um, and I've been back almost every year since then to wow. make shows with them and um, I now have as I was just saying before we started recording I have what I call my Singapore family who are 
the actors and stage managers and um, all the people who, wonderful people who work in the office, they feel like family to me. That's wonderful. Okay, so now I think we can backtrack to um, how did theatre become a part of your life? Is it something that you always um, wanted to do or you stumbled on it? Um, mm -hmm. so just a little background to that. Yeah, I think um, I I always remember loving drama, even as a, even as a very young child. Um, I didn't make the decision to go into theatre as a career until I was probably in high school. Um, but even then, I went to a high school that didn't have many alumni that went on into a career in theatre. So um, I wondered about teaching for a while. I knew I wanted to do something with people. Um, my memories, uh, my childhood memories are uh, of being, uh, uh, I still am an enormous reader and I used to spend my Saturdays in the library. So I think my shallow end to theatre was just always a fascination with storytelling and characters and what stories are and um, that then developed into more of a love for, for how we tell stories and to whom. Um, I was involved in quite a lot of youth theatre when I was young um, and now I'm on the other end of it. I'm the grown-ups that, that help to, to run and manage and direct the youth theatre. Um, I love youth theatre and I think it's really quite incredible. So all of those things came together um, to create a, a direction for me that I initially thought was going to be performing. I did a degree in acting first before becoming a director. Um, but even as an actor, I was always taking an overview um, and I could see my part of it, but I could also see the whole thing. So I was drawn to the other side and to um, to being the one that shapes the story and the experience. So um, what do you think is um, a parallel between drama and storytelling? Mm, um, I think drama and storytelling are the same thing in different ways. Um, I think drama is the art of storytelling in a theatrical context. So they're both about communicating ideas and experiences uh, to an audience, whether that's an audience that is reading, watching, listening. Um, I think it's about uh, inviting an audience to empathised with the characters um, or with the storyteller's perspective if it's a book. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think they're parallel forms of creative expression. Okay, yeah, hmm. I guess it makes sense, yeah, yeah. So earlier on you mentioned um, that you, you know, were, you were and you are very involved with youth um, theatre so mm. what um, you know what is the fascination with that that's one and two um, what's the difference between youth theatre and adult theatre good question um, do you mean making theatre for children or with children which one should we do first um, your choice okay. <laughs> Um, we need to do both. <laughs> we need to do both. And actually, it's the, 
I only raise that because I think um, this is a, a thing that I often find I'm talking about um, because there is quite a clear distinction between the two and both hugely worthwhile um, and wonderful experiences. I've got a, a son who is going to turn six tomorrow um, and he has grown up coming to the shows that I make and that his dad also makes uh, as a lighting designer. Um, and it's wonderful to take him and to see how he responds to those shows because it is a way of telling stories um, that, that really creates that sem sense of empathy and connection um, in very, very young children. Um, and the, inviting the children into a world that is so complete, so atmospheric um, and immersive um, can actually be a very powerful tool for lots of things, um, education certainly, um, but also awareness, um, it, it stimulates their ability to communicate. Um, it, it's that we, we even make theatre for babies. Um, I don't know whether there are people making theatre for babies in Singapore yet, but certainly over here, um, shows for very, very young children. Um, because they're so porous and so receptive to those kind of experiences. Yeah. And I think um, visual, um, you know, visual experience for, um, for, for children that young, I think mm. it's far more impactful than, um, than reading. I mean, okay, reading also uh, stimulates their imagination but yeah. I think yeah the visual impact I can understand is is a lot more meaningful. I think for children as well that they don't compartmentalize their lives in the way that we do so um, when you when you take a child to the theatre they will then come home and they'll recreate everything and they'll sort of live it again um, and I think that that is that's really extraordinary to be able to model for them how they're able to play in that really imaginative way. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, and of course, that is really different to making theatre with young people. So um, the, the shows that I do tend to have a lower age limit of about 10. Um, I have worked on shows that do have younger children in them, um, but those have tended to be um, things like I, I worked on a production of The Wizard of Oz where we had very young children playing the munchkins. Um, but the youth theatre shows uh, that I do are with young people from about 10. Um, and they, it's really interesting to see how sometimes children that, that maybe are not, um, not regular learners can really apply themselves and throw themselves into working in a theatrical context because it's kinetic and it's emotional and um, it's about being on your feet and it fires different parts of the brain um, that are not about sitting at a desk and learning, um, you know, so they can really thrive in those situations. Um, people often ask what the difference is between working with young actors and older actors and really there is no difference. It's all the same. There's nothing that young actors can't do, that adult actors can do. Obviously, sometimes there, there are areas of life experience yet to be discovered. Um, but in terms of the, the technical way that we work and the 
our expectations of them and what we would ask them to do um the and children they, can do and their, their response to it um mm. is it that they're more receptive um you know are you able to mold them uh do you have conversations with them what i mean what would your process be um when you're actually um directing children as you mentioned mm. Uh, you know around the age of 10 and above uh, so mm. what, what kind of a process do you follow that's one and two I'm curious to know um, do you are you more focused on musicals or do you also do um, non you know like regular theater normal theater where people normal. don't sing <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I how do. well. <laughs> I do occasionally do normal theatre where people don't sing, but um, not often. I like people singing. Um, <laughs> the process is um, let's do a let's do regular non-singing theatre first. Um, uh, with with young people, it would be a lot about inviting them in to spend time in the world. So um, uh, I can use as an example. I directed a play last year that was part of a a, a wonderful festival of community work at the Almeida, which is a theatre in London. Um, and we had two professional actors and then we had 12 young people who played young people. And actually in that in that production, they were playing versions of themselves. So there wasn't that much um, contextualising that I needed to do with them because they were playing students uh, living through online learning in the time of covid which they had just all done right um, if anything with them it was about encouraging them to have fun and to be able to operate as bodies in in a physical space rather than a digital space um, because they were very much class of covid um, in the play the students went on a protest and so with that particular group of students, we did a lot of work around um, protest and um, what it means to stand up for things that you're passionate about. Um, there was one very memorable rehearsal where in a very controlled way, we encouraged them to have arguments with each other. So we, we took the, we invited them all to write on sticky notes, issues that were of, of interest to them or that they felt very engaged with. Um, and our, our learning object, our sort of outcome for that session was to just fire up their inner activist so that then when they were playing these students who were being very activisty on stage, they would be able to have a physical connection with that. And we collected all of the things they'd written and then we chose one, um, which actually was about making period products free. Um, and we split the group in half and we had a debate and we debated for and against and um it got very very heated and we allowed them to swap sides because obviously everyone was was very pro the idea of making period products free um and by the end of the session they all felt um the kind of level of, of jazzed up that we needed them to be um in doing this protest um we also do i do quite a lot of free writing so i would get them to write in journals um, their own personal responses to things and we had reflective time at the end of every session where they could 
Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Write about what we had done and just sort of start to process it all before they left the room. Um, We did... um, there was a scene in the play where the students were putting on a version of Oh, What a Lovely War. And so we did uh, some work on that, what it what it was when it was written, um, what it was based on. We looked at war poetry. Um, the students that they were playing were drama students and the teacher was their drama teacher. So we, we I ran a session for them and said, this is how your drama teacher would have run this session. And so it was about bringing things to life and all of the great um, things that she would have done with them. So it was just a lot about living in the world of the play. Um, I tend to do as much of that as possible before starting staging. So I play a game of chicken about how late do I think I can do the actual staging? Because if you do all of the foundational work first, the staging is easy. Yeah, because you can just say to them, it's that thing that we did last week and they'll just make it with you and for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, The only difference between that and musicals (laughs) when people sing in your face is uh, that we would do a lot of the same world building stuff, but at some point they would have to sit and learn the music. So uh, think a a session that looks more like choir um, in order to learn the music and then uh, they would have to learn the choreography. Um, what is consistent across all my processes is that um, I, the, the staging, which we call blocking, the blocking always comes from the performers. So I, I very, very rarely impose blocking on them. I would invite them, I'd sort of provoke them to um, to come up with moves to invent things and then I would shape it with them. But I very rarely um, have a fixed idea in my mind of what things should be before I get in the room. So it's really super collaborative and it means for them that they have a real sense of ownership of it. It's a piece that they've created. Yeah, that's that's interesting because with kids, you know, it also it gives them that um, that sense of uh, importance as well and the fact that you know they have contributed and they are e- they, they're equal and and in their involvement and and then I think they're probably a lot more enthusiastic and a lot more mm. engaged as mm. compared to someone telling them okay 
this is where you're going to stand this is what you know um i i completely get that and so it's very free flow and and it helps with um with so they communicate better probably yeah yeah they do and um something that i mean we all have our tricks don't we but one of my tricks would be to uh set things up in a warm-up or in a game so if i needed to do an underwater sequence um i would do a big warm-up about moving through water and making sound effects and if you set it up as something that is really fun it means that when you get to it in rehearsal you can just say do you remember that thing we did this morning and it's already in their bodies as being fun yeah um so i'm always looking for ways to take the pressure away from any performer because it's performing is a really self-conscious act and so anything that i think as a holder of that space anything that i can do to help performers feel more um confident or um yeah just more supported by the process um i'm always trying to refine and collect those interesting um okay so let's just move away for a for a second uh from actual you know the actual performances and i'm keen and curious to know what is um the role of women um as theater directors are we seeing more of that um in today's times is mm. it has it become easier um you know just just a little kind of um what's the word just a little impression that you have uh, because you yourself are a, a theater director and you're a woman mm. I think um, I think historically directing was quite a male pursuit, um, and uh, certainly in the years since I've graduated, I've seen more women in leadership positions in this country. We've got more female artistic directors and executive directors um, of theatres and organisations than we've ever had. Um, we still have. A long way to go in terms of our um, ethnic diversity um, but we are we are addressing the, the gender question um, and certainly there's more I think there's more awareness about how you build a team than there has ever been um, which I think is a really important step um, there are lots of brilliant young female directors that I mentor um, and my hope for them as recent graduates is that they would look at a workforce that is m more gender balanced than the one that I was looking at when I was graduating. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think there's other there's other things as well that uh, we're realizing that specific insights can really help with. So if you know if you're doing a play that is very particularly about um, the experience of being a mother, then perhaps the the producer might want to to recruit a, a, a director who was a mother um, or a father. Uh, so I think as time goes on, we'll see more of a synergy between the content and the people who are telling the story. Interesting. Mm. Um, 
Is uh, does theater impact social change in any way, in your <gasps> opinion? Gosh, what a what a huge question. Uh, yeah, I mean, of course, theatre can. Um, it, it's been used as a tool for social change for um, for a very very long time um, in lots of different ways. Um, and if you're interested in reading more, there's a great book that you can get called A Restless Art by Francois Matarasso, who's a, a wonderful community artist and teacher. Um, I think I think there's a few things that theatre can do really brilliantly. Um, we can certainly raise awareness about social issues. We can bring them to the front of people's minds. Um, productions can sort of safely explore topics like racism, inequality, injustice. Invite so they the audience. can or they're doing it? I, I would say they are doing it yeah. and also they, they can do it in uh, in a way that can help to mobilize individuals and communities I think that's the very particular thing that theatre can do um empathy again always theatre is about yeah. building empathy so I think um providing a space where we can portray the experiences of all sorts of different people and invite an audience to see the world through their eyes um, it can lead to uh, more more dialogue more discussion um, about issues uh, there's at the moment the the arts council here in the uk are running a big the arts council is the the big funding body that um that financially supports institutions and also individuals but their whole campaign at the moment is called let's create um, and it's all about participation so when you apply for funding at the moment here you have to be very clear about um, what your participation element is and that is all about connecting with communities connecting with um, uh, uh, it's not just new audiences but it's uh, you know about what you're going to do which can be the start of that uh, conversation um, about social change so the yeah. messaging yeah the messaging yeah yes yeah. exactly okay. yeah interesting I think they do some of that in Singapore as well um, right yeah so I think the 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 community building and um creating this awareness is yeah. is you're, you're absolutely right I mean through through theater it's it's um it's a very very possible uh tool mm. for, for that to to mm. happen and bring about positive change so and i think it's about it's it's partly about telling stories and encouraging conversations but i think it's also about empowering um those communities to be able to tell their own stories so we have um a couple of companies here in the UK, uh, two that spring to mind, Cardboard Citizens, which is a company that works uh, with homeless people okay. um, and they use theatre to give them a voice. Um, and the shows are not always about the experience of homelessness, um, but just being able to provide a platform for those people to come together and, and do something I think is, um, it challenges the stigma and the stereotypes um, and it uh, there's another one called Clean Break, which is a 
theatre company that works with women who have experienced the criminal justice system. So, and I know that their aims are about empowering women, um, challenging the stereotypes and also raising awareness. So sometimes the, the people that are performing can also, um, can also be, be the, you know, the changing yeah. both themselves and um, changing the audience's perception. Yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, so before we um, end the conversation, any advice for young um, theatre directors, men, women, you know, um, any, any advice in terms of if they're starting out, um, what are some of the things that they should really watch out for, um, you know, any words of encouragement? Words of wisdom. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, what advice do I want to hear? Um, what's the vision of the world you're trying to create? is the question and that can mean the world that we live in mm -hmm. or it can mean the world that you're making um i think uh, as a director the secret source that you have that no one else has um is about holding really tight to the vision of the world you're trying to create and then encouraging everyone else to go on that journey with you um, and also not being afraid to ask them uh to share your vision and to ask them what what tools have you got come on board come this is the world how can you bring your all of yourself um to it and create this world together and i think for young for young theater directors a really important thing is to find your tribe um some of the people that i'm working with now i've been working with for 20 years um and if you can find a tribe of people that will support you, um, but and also share, challenge. I guess share your vision as well, right? Yeah, share yeah. your vision, but also challenge you, not be afraid to yeah. ask the difficult questions or to call you out when you're not doing things as you should be. Yeah. I think that's really important. Directing can be quite a lonely, because there's only ever one of you in a room usually. And if there is more than one, there's a hierarchy because it would be a, a director and an assistant. Yeah. Um, so you've got to have those people that are you're able to be completely honest with. Okay. And read lots of books, read all the books <laughs> and see all the theatre <laughs> and don't be afraid of musicals. <laughs> love musicals Hooray! <laughs> thank you so much uh kate this was such a fun conversation and and you know i hope the people viewing and listening um to this episode have a, a clear takeaway from it um and i've really enjoyed chatting with you and i'm hoping to see you i know you you'd rather um see me here in singapore rather than me in london but <laughs> yeah i'm not going to london i'm coming to singapore <laughs> so you're more than welcome and i look forward to that and then we can go to lao passat together that's a deal perfect. thank you perfect i'll see you there it's been lovely thank talking thank you likewise thank you bye bye for now kate Bye. Bye. For more weekly conversations, do listen to Melting Pot on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts. 
Follow us on YouTube and on Instagram at Podcast Melting Pot. So until the next episode, this is Pyle signing off.